Yo, yo, what it is, what it does, it's going with Danny Pacheco, and I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of the Big T Debate. Now, if you're not so familiar with what goes down on this channel, we pretty much just talk about everything that is related to music and pop culture. And speaking of pop culture and music, you know, there's a lot of that has been going down in the world of music, Momzanzi, and uh, I found something really disturbing this past week on Sunday, and at first when I saw it, I was like... Okay, maybe not, let me not just read into the situation too much. It probably isn't as bad as it is because You know, we have our own, you know, songs that we listen to. Um, I want to even go off the ramps for a bit. You know, there's a band that I used to listen to back in the day called uh, Band of Horses. I'm not so sure if you know about those dudes, but um, whenever I was sad and going through a breakup, there was a song that I used to play by them called The Funeral. And it's weird, you know, you can see how much there's double standards to just, you know, how you react to certain situations, you know, sometimes you find that people might be even playing sad songs when they should be, you know, playing happy songs in the happiest moments of their lives. And uh, seeing that I just gave you context of what I'm about to drop down to you. What I found disturbing as I was scrolling down on Twitter was this fleet that I came across by AKA and, you know, at first I was like, okay, piss on your grave as a song. Just to low-key announce your comeback to just, you know, the social media space is a weird song to just choose, you know, play or play. Especially when you think about, you know, just the con- controversy that's actually looming around, you know, his life and, you know, everything that's just surrounding his life in this current state. You know, he just lost his fiance, and, you know, obviously people are going to pick at him for just choosing that as a song. You know, it's, it's pretty obvious, like, if you play a song like Piss On Your Grave on your Insta story, what do you expect? People are just gonna start just doing one plus one about a daddy, little one about, okay, demand bila bila when it comes to his whole entire situation with what went down with his fiance, he doesn't really care, you know? And if that didn't add more fuel to the whole thing, it it almost seems like there was a whole build up to this whole situation. And I'm not saying build up in the sense that, okay, we finally know that this dude might have played a hand in, you know, her passing away. And um, I like to say, allegedly, uh, I'll try to find a way somewhere around this video just to put something in bold so I don't get in trouble. But when you think about that interview that he did the previous, yeah, the previous weeks, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, it's probably a month right now, uh, he was just portraying weird signs, especially when it comes to like his whole entire body language and how he was approaching this whole thing, you know. Uh, I remember like just watching Nike's uh, interview with this lady who studies body language and one of the main things that they were highlighting was what I was just talking about like just the body and how it was moving and just how he was um, responding to certain things you know there's certain ways in which someone should portray hurt when being interviewed and you know he was doing the complete opposite you know in situations where people thought that, okay, this dude's going to break down in tears after being asked a certain question or for him to just, or him just being given that platform to actually reflect on certain things that happened within his, within his relationship. But, you know, the complete opposite just played out. And, you know, fast forward to what I started off by mentioning in terms of that choice of song and, you know, it being a whole entire buildup. It makes it easier for people now to just start, you know, putting one and two together or one plus one like I mentioned to just say okay maybe this dude might have played a hand in that whole situation and you know I, I don't know Twitter's like a crazy world uh, and I guess this is one of those things where I, I like talking about but I like giving you know the audience themselves just a, 
a way to just deliberate and just figure out for themselves if whether if they feel like okay was the twitter world being extreme in the way that they were approaching the thing because i did mention like you i have a weird uh palette in terms of like song choices you know i remember even just being in class one time and uh i had this module that i was doing via this degree that i'm still studying even now it's called industrial psychology right and um one of my lecturers was pretty much just asking us we did like uh an exercise and I was just draw like one of your favorite emojis. And I was like, oh, my favorite emoji is like the tear emoji. He's like, what do you mean you like an emoji that portrays you crying? And I'm like, no, I believe to some degree that kind of explains who I am in terms of just being an emotional person, you know? Everything's just carry to me, you know? And I'm not saying carry in the sense of being sad, but like if I were to just um, experience a big win in my life, I'm pretty sure... Even if I don't show off the tears, the tears will be running down you know, my heart and whatever from the inside. I know it's it's, it's a lot to take in because, you know, I really chopped down a lot of things, you know, gave you a little insight in my life, which uh, I wasn't really supposed to because, you know, I'm trying this whole routine of being locked off because, you know, I come from a weird experience with these babies. But yeah, I'm not going to talk about that for now. Um, and just to add more to the the controversy that's been going down on Twitter, seeing that, you know, I just wrapped up this whole thing about AKA and, and I'm really just leaving it for you guys to just, you know, deliberate. Um, I witnessed something really, uh, disturbing too, you know, um, as you all know, uh, this whole thing of, you know, digital content creation, there's a lot of things that, you know, give people that, that, that liberty of feeling free, you know, with whatever it is that they create. And uh, I'm not so sure if you know about this new course, like, talk. Mardimanesh. There were points, you know. I'm guilty. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the reason why this dude might have blown up. And I'm not saying I'm legitimately, legitimately the dude who picked up this dude and made him do what he needed, needed to do for him to get where he is today. But I'm just saying for me to celebrate him whenever he was just taking people down or putting people down, I was part and parcel of the reason, you know, like just laughing off. And um, a few days ago, I was on Twitter just checking out what was happening on the trending list. And I saw that Bonang was trending. And I'm like, why is Bonang trending? Only to realize that this dude slick talked that I feel like, you know, I'm part and parcel of the reason. I mean, everyone is because like, there's this thing that we do as black folk and just being people in general, like when someone's really being super controversial or, you know, doing the most extreme things, instead of actually looking deep into the character that is actually doing whatever whatever it is that they're doing, we tend to just, you know, look away with our, with our other eye and just keep it closed and just, you know, focus on the negative things that sort of at that moment really feel like it's the greatest of all things. And this dude was just pretty much talking about how he's not scared of Bonang. He heard someone was talking about how he's going to get sued by Bonang. And he's like, yo, Bonang's been, you know, allegedly dropping men and she can't keep a man. And uh, what's her reason for, for her to like sue me? And it made me think about, you know, this whole idea of like, okay, as much as like we live in this whole digital space and there aren't any rules, because it, it really is like that, you know, when you think about traditional media platforms or your radio, your print, uh, your TV, they are rules that govern, you know, certain certain things. You know, that's why you will find that annoying, uh, what's this thing? This annoying ad that used to come on uh, ETV 
and it's pretty much like uh, a platform that was opened by the BCCSA for people to just you know lay their complaints. You know, when you whenever you feel like there's something disturbing that you saw on TV that your kid was not supposed to see, or if there's anyone that you heard on the radio also, because like I know YFM has that ad also playing on on the radio. So if you feel like someone's using vulgar words or like something inappropriate, you report them. And uh, when it comes to the whole digital space and just people being on online radio or podcasts or just content creation in itself, it's kind of hard to just go past that rule or if there are any actual laws that govern people in terms of what they need to say. As far as I know, I'm, I know that people are allowed to do whatever it is that they can do. For the most part, like, just off just talking a whole lot of smack. And uh, that's pretty much, uh, who's this dude? The slick, the slick Talk. That's his whole scheme, you know? He is famous off just talking a whole lot of smack about people. But, you know, one thing that I wanted to bring across to people is, like, it's cool. You know, we all trying to get coin, right? But, like, it should get to a point where at least, Luena, you should be thinking in your own, you know, human brain and thinking about the effects that what it is that you're doing might do onto someone else's pockets or even someone else's image. And in as much as I, I would like to believe that Bonong is going to sue this dude, I find it really hard to believe that, you know, this whole thing is going to break through just because he's also hard to reach. Uh, I saw someone on, uh, on Twitter mentioning that he doesn't even have a Twitter page no more. And not saying that we don't have, you know, good lawyers out there or, like, investigators that might find this dude. But when you think about it, like, you're going to sue someone who barely makes half a million in a year, let alone 10K in a year. So what is it What is it that you're going to gain from that whole situation, even though you have a lot to lose in terms of what this dude is actually doing? So I don't know, I just wanted to bring out this whole idea, like, people should be more aware of, you know, their platforms and what they are doing and you know the the potential harm that it could actually do to other people's platforms you know like we should just do better in terms of like how we carry ourselves on the internet space but you know on the lighter side of things you know i've been talking about a, a whole lot of heavy stuff uh king modada ashifari and the video in itself had me cracking for for some time and you know the funny thing about that whole video is like in as much as like it all seems staged, but I think it's a whole build-up to a, a bigger situation. Because uh, Shapo, this dude was in the ring demanding that Big Zulu gives him a date. I don't know if we think along the same lines, but I think this dude might actually want to create a song with this guy, you know? And it was hard for my brain not to even think along those lines of like, what if this is like, you know, a build-up, like I did mention, to something bigger, like a song. I know King Monada, Big Zulu in the song, it's the weirdest of all things to picture. And you might even be thinking to yourself, like, yo, Pacheco, what is, what is it that you're talking about? Like, Big Zulu and King Monada, they come from different worlds. But like, if you think about it, Big Zulu's been charting there on his end. We'd already be in a... He's not even compromising this whole thing of like, I'm going to go against what I'm doing, which is, you know, make songs in Zulu. He's been pushing that for the longest of times and it's been working for him. You know, he's been pushing music in Zulu and, you know, respectively on the other side for the, for the Limpopo born King Monada, he's been the same, doing the same thing, you know. 
and I think they could come up with a really dope song, you know, if you know people give them the chance. But uh, I was gonna say like, who do you have your money on? But we pretty much know who's gonna win this whole fight. Then I guess you know we can only just wait for now and just see what happens as you know time goes. Hopefully we get a date, and if we do get a date, I think that's gonna be really exciting to see. Um, speaking of things that are exciting for me, uh, I was just thinking about this whole thing of coverage on the radio you know uh i speak a lot about hip-hop because you know i love hip-hop so much but you know i feel like sometimes i'm doing an injustice on the house guys and just last week just after listening to artwork sounds album that was released under ashman hour which is owned by oscar Mbo, uh i was just thinking about this whole ca- coverage thing like yo when last did you go on the radio and actually see a house song charting on the metro fm top 40 chart or let alone just listen to a house song on a prime time prime time slot because you know uh, i think that's something that's really lacking but like you know we consume house on like genre specific shows as opposed to just actually listening to house on prime time slots because last time i actually heard uh, a proper song that was charting yeah house was like julian gomez's uh a thousand memories and ever since then it's, it seems like you know there's this imbalance within the world of house you know i've always thought that you know the, the hip-hop guys always find a way to just you know get back on their feet and that's something that's been evident ever since you know that golden age that i talked about in the previous ev- episode the Oma 2015 2016 and now hip-hop is not as much uh, as a booming genre as it was back then mara they find a way within the space it's over okay we're still here but with house, it's like it just has completely gone underground, and we're not seeing too much of it on you know, the prime time slots that I've been saying. And I don't know. I guess you know. I just want to throw this one out to the compilers and these mainstream, you know, uh, radio stations and even the community stations. Like, yo, you guys need to do more. You know, it's like these dudes dropped an amazing project. You know, uh, it's called. Uh, okay, now I forgot the name need to remember the name but anyway just artwork sounds Ashmedawer Ashmed, yeah, Ashmedawer records we'll just check out Oscar NBO's page I'm pretty sure you're gonna find these dudes the album's like really incredible wish I could remember you know what the name of the, the album was and you know um, I'm just looking down my PC right now and you know, there's a whole lot of things that I feel like need to be celebrated and uh, one of the one things that I felt was a dope moment to see just you know being on on twitter was uh this big deal that uh casper himself was just mentioning for for some time and uh he signed a deal that apparently is going to be worth a hundred million i'm not so sure if this is like a, a projection in terms of like what they're going to make in numbers or this is based off just like the the cash injection that they got via this deal that he's he signed with uh lakao sahaun Please forgive me if I'm getting this dude's name wrong, but uh, yeah, the dude who owns Drip, uh, you know, uh, this thing has been you know in the works for for, for some time because like there's a point in time where now I'm ready to really too, and you know, it's ironic because like you know this is the big key debate when we're talking about people who pretty much sign the biggest deal of their careers based off just drinking tea. So you can see how much there is you know power in drinking tea, and that's just me just you know pushing some free promo. But yeah. There was this whole tea thing that was being pushed, you know. Shout out to Jacob Zuma for starting this whole tea thing. And uh, 
through that we have what is set to be a hundred million rand deal that is going to get put to uh, a new brand called Root of Fame. Not too much details there for us to just, you know, consume so that we can better understand this whole thing. But from what I saw from the IG live on Slick On Life, they said that uh, they're going to be uh, releasing a bunch of products and uh, a lot of equity related things are going to be a part of this big deal that they signed. So hopefully, you know, as time goes, you can get, you know, more of an understanding of what that means and what would that mean in terms of, you know, them as individuals and just the game in itself, you know, from a culturist perspective a cultural perspective uh and just you know get just to get us to a point where we could finally close this thing off um yeah you know i don't even know if you're gonna get enough time to actually discuss all these things but uh still sticking on this house thing uh and he was like doing this whole transition from house to piano and then yeah this whole thing that uh, Pori was trying to push to Shinza and Heavy K himself in terms of like trying to get these dudes on piano, right? And then it made me think about, you know, di- diversity, you know? And as much as like, my Pori is on your piano. And he's well aware of these guys' platforms because like, you know, Heavy K. Heavy K has been there in the game, you know, he's got hits to back it up. He's done a lot. Same applies with Shimza. You know, Shimza's traveled all, all around the world, played in the biggest of all festivals, you know. So he's aware of these guys' platforms and what it could do for, for the game in itself. So, like I said, it just made me think about diversity. Like, we already get annoyed as individuals, you know. I don't know if this applies for you. I don't know where, where you live, whatever. But for me, like, I know what the local events come on, for, for a long time, and it's still kind of the same thing. You go to an event, and when I line up, and that lineup's got, like, probably six to seven people playing piano. And then, maybe, if you're lucky, you might get, like, one or two people who are DJs that play hip-hop. And then, I guess the rest is just, like, a left for, for performers. And performers could also just be performing piano. And then just a little of that hip-hop on, you know, those sets. So it just made me think about, like, if we want Heavy K or even the Prince KB and Shimza to stop playing piano, would there ever be space for a young kid who's trying to also just tap into the game and do piano? Because, like, it's going to take a whole lot. Because, like, everyone's producing now. So what's going to make you special besides you just having a hit, you know? So it even just took me back to this whole thing of... Even Nota himself talking about how, yeah, these guys by busy push Afro tag, Afro tag, Black Coffee, pushing a sound that is not even originally from you know SA, and um, how that in itself is not benefiting us where they should be just you know the ones being patriotic and carrying piano to the world. But then, if all these DJs from Zanzibar have piano, then what's gonna bring? This whole idea, like, you know, South Africa is a, rain- a rainbow nation and uh, we're diverse in, you know, everything that we have. Because I think part of, what, part of what makes house exciting or just essay music in itself exciting is that that we can dis- discover in terms of, like, sub-genres, you know. There's Dome, there's Amapiano, there's Deep House, there's Afrotech. 
there's even a, a genre that pretty much some people kind of credit to just giving birth to what is piano today. I mean, besides Kwaito, and that's Bakari, you know, what I would be doing with a lot of telachip in Gwai. Although he's organic, he's really a tuba, but it's like it's Bakari, it's really fast paced. If you are a person from Durban, it might actually kind of remind you of Gom, what Gom is, you know, even though it's got its other elements to it, you know, sometimes, you know, I feel like I'm about to rob a bank when I play Bakari, you know. I feel like since, you know, I was even talking about, you know, Casper signing a hundred mil, hundred million, yeah, hundred million rand deal. I'm, I'm the type to play such music, like play Bacardi before I go and just, you know, do a heist or even get that much money in my bank account. So that's how really rich and diverse, you know, the, the sounds are in SA in terms of, you know, the dad's culture and whatever. And I know I might not be covering a whole lot with regards to just, you know, the dancing, but just, you know, me talking about that in itself just gives you a, a whole idea of like, okay, how diverse and rich the sound is. So if we get to a point where we want everyone to just push piano then, Rafael, you know, like, you know, I'm pretty psyched of, you know, how far the genre in itself has gone because like now it's over there. Like I remember like there was a point where we were listening to MFR Souls' mixes before even we even had like vocals on I'm a piano in itself and now we're here, you know? And um, just to uh, find in closing, I know I've been saying in closing, you know, there's a whole lot of things that have been happening. Uh, I just want to give this platform or not even give this platform, just uh, give this moment to actually shout out uh, Banks and Venom. Uh, these are two prominent DJs from SA and, you know, they're the main reasons why, like I got locked down or we were sleeping late because, you know, these dudes had like, you know, this... Uh, bedroom style kind of lockdown radio live ig and you know now big corporates like yfm have uh you know given them the platform to now do this on a bigger scale you know and you got a new show slash podcast by the name of the banks and uh venom show and you know uh got the opportunity to watch the first episode and they had uh the likes of uh, uncle vini and major league on it and you know it made me think about you know how great it is for for someone that's actually pushing and wanting to get to a point where they can start getting recognized by these corporates and also just this thing of like people being maybe negative about their positions in life in terms of content creation because you know there's a lot of uh, there's a whole lot of people who are creating a whole lot of content in the world and they feel like mobile and what they have may not be enough, but it shows that, you know, big corporates like YFM are putting in the money and investing into this whole thing of, you know, podcasting. And that's something that's really dope, you know. Uh, and I think that's where we're going to leave it off today. Uh, had a whole lot to talk about, a whole lot to say. And uh, I can only hope that, you know, you keep on sharing this to your friends, sharing this to your family members or whoever that you feel is really close to your heart. Because, you know, everything that we do here is, you know, from the heart, you know to you for you to just you know continue sharing this you know, spirit and this whole love thing that we're talking about on the big key debate uh, i go with the name of danny pacheco and it's been lovely just talking to you uh let's meet next week same time same place